what if? What if the struggle isn't real? What if everything you've been told is impossible is actually deliciously feasible? What if you could work anywhere, travel, find your purpose, all while growing your wealth and not spending it? Welcome to the Struggle Isn't Real podcast. I'm Cody Sanchez-Baker, and, and my job here is to share how normal people have self-designed their lives, relationships, jobs, and bodies. The question to ask yourself is simply this. What if it was easy? Well, I'm excited for you guys today. I have one of my friends and somebody that I highly respect on the podcast today. Her name is Ana Flores. And it's especially uh, poignant for me because I just spoke at Ana's conference, at We All Grow Summit. And Ana is the founder and CEO of We All Grow Latina Network, which is the largest network of Latina influencers in the U.S. And the interesting part about Ana and what you're going to hear on this podcast today is that she's really become a go-to expert for all things related to Hispanics and the Latin American market because she's produced major Spanish language television. She has created a community, not just a technology platform, in which she leverages the technology of of you know influencer technology that is so prevalent these days, but also brings together this tribe of humans with this real belief that if one grows, we all grow. So in her her spare time, where she's not you know at the White House speaking on uh, Hispanic trends or speaking on uh, Huffington Post or at a news channel near you or on the red carpet with people, she's authoring books like Bilingual is Better or talking on her award-winning website, Spanglish Baby, one of the first websites for women who uh, have bilingual children. And uh, she's been a recipient of too many awards to name, like the 2015 Innovator 25 Awards, um, and speaks at the uh, United State of Women Summit as sponsored by the White House. So I think what you're going to like about this podcast is obviously she's done a lot of things, but what she talks about is this new realm of influencer marketing, she talks about how to grow a tribe, and she talks about the trends of Latinos today in the U.S. So whether you are a Latino and thus you have a vested interest, or whether you want to understand how to sell, communicate, and leverage one of the fastest growing demographics, this podcast will be right up your alley. Hello there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Struggle Isn't Real podcast. I'm Cody Sanchez-Baker, and as always, I get such a fun opportunity to sit and think and communicate with humans who are making some moves in the world. And of late, I've been kind of fascinated by this influencer marketing trend that you heard Anna and her bio and all about her in the intro. Her and I are going to dive into this today. So I just want to start off by saying, Anna, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Cody, and everyone listening. It's such an honor to be here. I, I love having these type of conversations, and especially with you, it's going to be fun. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm coming to speak at a conference that Anna's putting on for We All Grow in March in LA. Mm -hmm. So we'll link that conference so uh, you know everybody can kind of see what's going on and follow all of these Latina bloggers. But you know, in the intro, we gave them a little bit about what you do. But let's like dive right into. I don't know if I know the moment that you decided to start this company. Like, what was the origin of why you thought We All Grow needed to happen? Well, yeah, you know, it, it was it was one of those 
things were just happening and there was an industry that was emerging. Um, when this came up, it was 2010, the term influencer marketing did not exist. I was a blogger. I had a, I had a blog called Spanglish Baby, which was one of the first blogs um, created for Latina moms. So we were one of the first Latina mom bloggers in the space in 2010, when mom blogging was really what was you know, pushing forward, like tech blogging and mom blogging were like really the ones that were pushing forward um, the blogging community and the content creation community online. Um, you know, we were creating blogs before there was Facebook groups, before there were Facebook pages, when Twitter was coming around in 2008, 2009. So um, we, we were one of the first um, blogs that were doing um, content for Latina moms and, and it was all about raising bilingual and bicultural kids. Um, at this point, I had, you know, quit my job when I, when I became a mom, which was the year before in 2007. And before that, I was doing content creation for major Hispanic companies, media companies, um, Univision, MTV Latin America in Mexico, um, Mundos, which is now NBC Universal. So I, I lived and breathed this whole world of, you know, being Latino and creating content by and for Latinos. And then um, I decided to take a break and just really be a stay-at-home mom. And then the recession hit. So the recession hit my house really bad because we only had, we were surviving on one income and that income was gone um, during the recession. My husband lost his clients and I had to kind of figure out how to get back on my feet. And I had this push and I just, that's when I discovered the world of mom blogs and, and that's when we started Spanglish Baby. And I'm telling this because it is thanks to me discovering this world of blogs that I started understanding that it was completely new. And most people in the space were trying to figure everything out. Um, were we media? Were we PR? You know, um, how did they deal with us? Were we press? Like they really did not understand how to deal with us. And we didn't understand how to monetize. And really the way to monetize is working with brands. So once after like a year and a half of building a community and creating content with Spanglish Baby and, and my partner Roxana for that, um, for that blog, um, we started, we got our first campaign, which was a $40 blog post um, <laughs> for uh, a frozen fish company. And we did like these amazing tacos, um, fish tacos. And, you know, we, um, we, we realized that this was the, the way to do it. And the women in my community, other mom bloggers, other Latina mom bloggers that were trying to figure it out as well, um, were inspired by the fact that we had finally made $40 and they, they were trying to do it as well. So we were just kind of helping each other out. Um, and then we went to the blog her conference. This was 2010. And that's really when I, I realized that there was a few, and I'm talking a handful of companies that were creating, um, that were blogger networks that were um, connecting bloggers with brands. We're creating a community of bloggers to help each other out, to figure out this space. And then at the same time, kind of consulting with these, with these brands, companies, and agencies that wanted to work with us, that had kind of like the mandate to get into the blogger sphere. Um, the term influencer didn't even really exist. Um, and, and to start working with us and figure that out to reach our audiences that we were amassing, you know, on our own as many media companies. So I realized that there were some, a handful of those happening in general market, but if you were a content creator, a blogger creating content in Spanish or very culturally relevant, like we were for Spanglish Baby, these, these um, more general market agencies didn't really know how to sell us. 
right? Mm. Um, so mm. that's where I saw the opportunity. I already had the community within the blogger sphere um, on both sides, on general market and Latinas, but I was like, we need one that is specifically catered to those multicultural dollars that in 2010, the census had come out, um, you know, kind of shifting a lot of those multicultural dollars, still not enough, but <laughs> shifting some ad dollars over to, you know, the growing population um, and with tremendous buying power. And I realized that, you know, the agencies were, and the brands were wanting to attract us and they just needed an easy solution to figure out how to connect with bloggers. And we had the right, I had the right relationships at that point. Now it's we. But in 2010, November, I decided to launch what was Latina Bloggers Connect. And this was completely on my own. I was still coming out of the recession. Um, and no money, you know, just a friend did a design for a logo, paid her, and then um, I grabbed a WordPress site and did it on my own and launched it. Wow. And, the, uh -huh, and immediately that first month, it was November, that first month, my first client was Sprint. I had already been developing these relationships, you know, through my work as a blogger. Um, so my first client was Sprint with his, uh, the multicultural director directly with the brand, not even an agency. And from there, it just started exploding into Gina, Kellogg, um, PBS, et cetera. It just really exploded. And within 10 months, I had hired my first person who's still with us, um, Rachel, our director of social media. And then, you know, it just really grew from there. It's a long answer to your question, but it's, it's, I think the process of it, it was interesting because we were really the first ones in the space. Um, and it's incredible to see how now there is an influence, influencer marketing industry. Yeah, and even now it seems to be still young. I mean, it seems like oh, there are God. lots of people paving the way, like you and Reward Style and some of these. But even now, um, you know, I know a lot of people listening to this are entrepreneurs, they're business owners, they're business builders, and they don't really understand what to do with influencers and mm -hmm. how to access this market and how to determine ROI. So, like, okay, so so imagine that you you have some business builders listening to this. How does it work when they come and talk to to you or yeah. we all grow and what do they do so there's actually not one cookie cutter way of doing it right and that's i think the beauty of of our company in particular because we really um we really talk with each client with each brand try to understand the goals and try to understand the metrics goals the sales goals etc and that way we can figure out what is the best approach when working with a particular influencer in general um what we we really try to to make our clients understand that really the work with influencer is is more in tune um it's it's really hard to relate it directly to sales to be honest right there's specific campaigns or specific influencers now up in the celebrity status that can drive, you know, sales um, if you partner with them to create a new mascara, right, um, to their name. Mm -hmm. And they will promote it as crazy. And there's companies like Anastasia, of, I think that's how you pronounce it, of Beverly Hills, of the makeup brand mm -hmm. that really have built their brand just around influencer work, right? Um, so so in, in, when it comes to beauty and creating those really direct partnerships, with more celebrity influencers is how you can drive sales. Otherwise, it's a lot more about more uh, as an investment that you would see uh, with with media as a magazine ad or as a you know newspaper ad or a a ad on television. Right, you are creating a halo effect. You are associating your brand um, to particular people uh, that have 
an audience that they have created on their own because this audience trusts the work that they do. Um, so they, if, if them on, by themselves, right, have been able to create to to create an audience that religiously follows them, whether it be Instagram or be their YouTube channel or whatever it may be, with the amount of options that people have now uh, to choose the content that they want to follow, when they decide I'm subscribing to this influencer, to this YouTuber, or to this blogger, and I am reading their blog posts and I'm getting their emails, and I, you know, am getting a notification every time they post something on on Instagram or on YouTube, and that is because they have a closed relationship, right? They feel connected to this influencer to that what this influencer is sharing. So the number one thing approach with an influencer is is trusting that they know their audience best. So any client, no matter what your goals are and you know um, the amplification that you want to get uh, via an influencer and the audience that you want to reach for them, you have to start by understanding that it is a relationship that you're building with each influencer. And that you're trusting that they know what they're doing when when creating content and when addressing their 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 audience. Um, and then after that, it really there there really is. I, I wish I could tell you there's you know, but we do Twitter parties. We do um, what you call uh, we call blog tours, which is working instead of, uh, working with a large group of of bloggers that um, have a specific profile that each brand is looking for. Um, and we, you know, we manage everything from beginning to end from, you know, uh, knowing which are the right influencers to pair up with each particular brand and then managing all the communication, making sure that they post on time, doing all the contracting with them, with them doing all the, you know, QA quality analysis of every single tweet and blog post and Instagram post that comes out or Facebook, um, uh, every piece of content that's creating and then doing the payments, et cetera. So um, from a business perspective, it, it, it really is um, one of the most viable solutions to, to get your product or your services in front of large and diverse audiences, right, um, in a way that, that is trustworthy. Interesting. And, and so what do you, what's the difference then for people who don't know that are listening to influencer marketing and maybe understand that term, but don't know about terms like, uh, affiliate links versus campaigns. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how, how does that work for We All Grow? Do you do both? Do you do one? No, we actually do um, not. And how do you define with, those? Yeah, so we actually do not work with affiliate links. Um, those, you know, we work directly with compensated campaigns for for influencers, bloggers, YouTubers, etc. But we, so an affiliate link is really. There's companies that, that bloggers, influencers can sign up to directly just to, you know, if they are a fashion influencer, then they're going, they're probably going to make a lot of money signing up to, you were saying a reward style, a shop style, et cetera, um, to, to include those affiliate links in their, in their blog. So um, that's why there's companies that are specifically just for that. We don't do any campaigns that are affiliate links. What we do is that we match you with the right influencer um, to execute on very specific deliverables. So it's more content creation in that sense. Mm -hmm. okay. So another way of yeah, looking what's at it. The, uh -huh. mm -hmm. oh, go, go, please. No, so another way of looking at, at it as well, and, and the brands that do that are actually the ones that get the much um, higher ROI from their investment, is not only to look at the audiences and the, the reach and engagement, obviously, that the influencers have and what that means in hardcore data and metrics for you, um, we always have metrics goals that we need to reach, but 
but also in, in the value of that piece of content that these women are creating, um, or men, right? We deal with women, but in general, the piece of content that they're creating. So let's say when you're working with food bloggers, these women are creating original recipes, right? And they're creating beautiful photography. And that's why we have events like our, our conference, We All Grow Summit and et cetera, where we also want to facilitate their, you know, their, their growth by them learning how to take better pictures and how to do affiliate links, links, et cetera, so that they can always get better at their craft. But these women really invest a lot of time in learning and in the equipment that they need to take the most beautiful photography. So in one blog post or one Instagram campaign, et cetera, you're getting maybe, you know, a set of 10 or 15, how many influencers you're working with that are creating original recipes using your product, that are creating beautiful photography, um, and then, then you can have the option of licensing that, that content to use it as, um, you know, advertising, to use it, um, to amplify it, right, for different, you know, maybe like a Facebook carousel ad, et cetera. This is content created by your consumer. So that yeah. oh, I like is that. an enormous piece of value that gets often overlooked. And that's what I say that when the brands that we work with that have not just done the one-off, okay, we did the campaign, everybody, you know, we blasted it out, beautiful, this is your report. But then they, they, they realize that they can actually use that content and amplify it. There's actually a lot of parameters around legally, around the licensing, et cetera. Um, but, but it's very doable. And how much does it cost you to, you know, just to have a photography session, you know, for in food styling? and hiring a food stylist and the photography session, et cetera. And if you look at what the content that these women create, it's incredible. Interesting. And so for the brands too, I mean, I imagine that a lot of it has to be that they get some really interesting data on like, uh -huh. you know, how is it working and able to like, you know, search within the, the influencers that you have. I mean, I know because I am a, I am a member of We All Grow, um, mm -hmm. how, how interesting it is just the back end that I'm able to see as far as, you know, my profile and some of the trends and stats, like do brands care about the, the data too and the tracking? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And see a lot of um, the larger, because now I told you now there's a huge industry, right? There's this huge industry around influencer marketing and there is tons of VC money flowing into these um, tech platforms that will magically, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, magically, connect you with the right influencer depending on the you know keywords that you put in and that the influencer has to put in as well etc that you're looking for um and and these these huge tech companies influencer marketing tech platforms really are collecting all that data right uh and but at the end of the day what the what the what the brands are looking for is definitely they're going to measure their ROI on their investment on hardcore data. So the same with like television, with the Nielsen reports, et cetera. We have several ways of of measuring and tracking impressions. What they're usually looking for are impressions, um, which is um, you know impressions, reach, uh, unique monthly views on their blogs, subscriptions, and views on their YouTube channels. But then also other type of data like you know sentiments you know, engagement, comments. Uh, so we, we have to have several tools to monitor all of that to prove the efficiency and, and, and worthiness of the campaign. Yeah, I imagine. Now, your background wasn't software, was it, Anna? I mean, it was all oh, television. Oh, gosh, no, it's so you... creator. I was a TV producer. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, we don't deal with software. Like, we actually are not one of those technology platforms. We have decided because to do that, you need to have millions of dollars in investment. 
millions and millions. And we have decided to not that our strength is really in, in the relationships that we bring on board. Our strength is in building community. So we, you know, there's tons of companies that, that you know, provide those services. So we outsource that um, as we outsource our project management um, platform. Uh, and so that we, you know, we, we can get all the reporting and the, and the data that we need at the highest quality to provide to our, to our clients. But really at the core, what we do is what I was saying, the community, that's why we do the events, you know, continue growing this community and also strategizing. We work very closely with a lot of our bigger clients um, in providing the strategy and consultation into the Latina, you know, world. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, certainly. And I think maybe now more relevant than ever. So, so talk to us a little bit about, I love this idea of community. I just had on the podcast another um, CEO who runs a tech company unrelated. It's like a, an app, an app building tech company. But he said the same thing, that there are all of these app building companies. Um, but why there's a difference is because they have this this group of humans that are all sort of part of the same community. And I've noticed that. I think you guys do that really well. You know, I think um, Reward Style does that really well. And then I think there's a ton of tech tools and agencies and campaign-based agencies similar to yours, but that don't have any community, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, you know, they, they work really well with the brands and that the tech is interesting, but zero community. So, um how did you build that? And how did you decide that that was the, the right way to go? It really was organic, right? So we, like I said, I launched in 2010. I launched because I already had a community. So when I wrote a blog post introducing what I was doing, um, and at the end of it, I wrote, because when one grows, we all grow, because I grew out of that community, right? Um, I was part of the community. I was a blogger that was now elevating herself to now be that connector for bloggers, right? Um, to help them make money, to help them monetize that. If I had figured out the way to do it, I wanted to help my community continue doing it. So our company was born out of the sense of community, out of the sense of helping each other out because there was no university to go to. Um, there was no webinars back then and how to do it, et cetera, right? So we, 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 it was thanks to having that community that I had a product, right? That I had a service, that I had a company. And from there, because of because these women are so grateful so many of them received their first campaign ever with us you know or came to the first event where they were able to meet other women that they connected with or connected with the right brand and have continued working with them etc the word gets around so we actually don't have an advertising or marketing budget our marketing is our our events because yeah it, it is our influencers that we work with that that are the ones that promote us and that tell other companies about us. And it is based all in, in, in really the philosophy of giving more than you take. And everything that we do, and, and I think that that's just how social media should work, right? You should always be a giver in social media. Um, and then when you have an ask, people are going to be, your community is going to be around you to support that ask. So when we launched the summit, We All Grow Summit in 2015, we already had a community that was that lived behind the scenes, right? We knew each other. We had Facebook groups, and we would see each other in different conferences, et cetera, but we didn't have a place to come together. So when we, we created the conference, a three-day summit, to come together in one place, the response was immediate, right? This was a new product that I created, again, with no investment, right? Um, but I, we had strong enough relationships with our brands, like Neutrogena, um, that I came to them with the idea 
not even a debt, just the idea, but we had worked together for such a long time and they knew the quality of our work and the quality of our um, relationships that we have with influencers in the community, et cetera, that they said, yes, we'll be on board once you're ready to present it to us, but we will be on board. Um, and they have been the title sponsor since then. But so it, it was thanks to that community. And as soon as we announced it, the noise was incredible, the buzz, right? And we sold out and it sold out every single year, et cetera. So it is thanks to that community that we can continuously be creating new products, um, you know, different events. Now they tell us they wanted us in Miami. We went to Miami and New York, you know, where it's viable for us to be. But, but it's listening to that community that also guides you. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, it really does show the power of that, that I think a lot of times we in black and white business and looking at the bottom line forget that um, we're all humans. We, we don't really buy from brands. We buy from other people. It's that whole, whole, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, the most, what is it, the holy grail of advertising is a trusted referral. And I think that's mm -hmm. basically influencer marketing, right? Exactly, exactly. So somebody has a good experience with you. I mean, it's going to be an organic. Like you want to tell everybody about it, which again is the basis of influencer marketing. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, okay, how about this? So um, you have had massive growth, um, even since I've known you, which I mean, I think maybe it's been like almost a year now, something like that. And I remember, you know, you've changed the name, the website redone, more tech behind the scenes but talk to me about just so people get a feel for the the breadth of influencer marketing even in one niche which is a powerful niche but latinas the growth has been massive so like give me some stats on it what's the growth been like for you guys well we 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 have grown every year our big our, like i said we we are a little bit different from most influencer marketing companies because we really still operate as a startup even in our going into our seventh year right now because we have decided to be self-funded. Um, we have not accepted any investment. We have actually been offered to have conversations and we really have not because, because we are so much powered by the community, right? Um, again, going back to that, um, but just on our, on our own and the way that we operate, we have had um, a, a really beautiful growth of profit and revenue every year. Um, just from last year, it was 58% growth. And it really has to do, you know, for us, it's been being able to be swift and nimble. And mm -hmm. again, not having investment, being a smaller company, we're able to listen to the community and to the needs and how the community is, has been evolving. Again, when we started, it was only bloggers. And then YouTube came into the scene. You know, YouTube was around, but still it was, you know, we didn't have the massive YouTube beauty influencers, et cetera. So once those came into the scene with these humongous numbers that were this perfect marriage with Instagram, you know, the, the, YouTube, the YouTubers, beauty YouTubers, once Instagram came out, this like digital marriage just exploded their numbers and they became the new influencer that everybody wanted to work with. We have to change our strategy as well, right? Without leaving aside the mom bloggers, without so um, trying trying to always figure out every time there's this, okay, buying came out, is that something that we should be working with or not? Snapchat, is that something that we should be working with or not? So every year things change also in our space depending on what the new thing is um, and how viable that is for in in terms of influencers and brands being able to monetize influencers on that platform or yeah, vice versa. Um, so 
so so going going back to your original question, yes, I mean the, the growth every year um, really has depended on that. So for us, um, really what kicked it off was the events. The events have, have been our hardest investment because it is the and from if you've talked to other conference organizers or you've or you done events, but really it is a really big investment, especially the first year, right? Because you're you're trying to prove a model. You don't have a, a concept. You don't have a proven concept that you can come and show this is a product that I'm selling you. You're selling a deck with an idea of, you know, what you want to create. So the first year is hard um, and, and it's, it's really an investment to be able to then capitalize on that the second and the third year. But even so, even with that big investment in 2015, we, it, it turned out to be an amazing investment our, as a marketing strategy because that then um, allowed us to get, you know, um, to reach out to other brands that were able to physically see what we were doing as a community um, and wanting to be part of that. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. I have planned one wedding in my life, and that was my biggest event, and that'll be my last <laughs> event if I have anything to say about it. Um, those things are no joke at all, um, but very powerful, especially when you have a room full of, um, you know, thousands or hundreds of influencers who all have tens of thousands of, you know, maybe hundreds of thousands of followers. You're talking to a realm of maybe millions if they're all reposting what people are talking about, no? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when we talk about the, the overall, we have over 2,400 influencers in our network. So the way that that, that, that works is that it's opt-in. So anybody can actually opt in to be part of the network um, because it is, it is a small number when compared with general market, but it is pretty much like the universe of influencers that have, you know, constant, you know, blogs are, and YouTube channels that are maintained constantly and that are that are looking to monetize you know really grow professionally so those are the people that sign up with us and 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 in general we don't we we usually don't use this metric but people love to hear it um but the overall reach of all of them that they were all to post at the same time you know right now it would be 50 60 million um wow. you know, the, the overall audience that they that they reach out to but we're able to also you know get those type of results with just really well-curated campaigns um, with celebrity influencers or just a group of influencers that reach diverse audiences, et cetera. Interesting. And, you know, one of the um, conferences I was at was a business uh, conference, uh, Fast Company. And um, I was speaking on a panel about something unrelated, just sales growth. And, and how to structure it. And, you know, we we're touching on influencer marketing. And the other person that was with me was um, a blogger talking specifically about influencer marketing. And one thing that I thought was fascinating is um, they talked about um, the, not just even the mid-level uh, influencers and above, but the power of micro influencers versus celebrity influencers and the power of kind of having like this group model that you talked about. And she kind of walked through a few different statistics on what works and what, what doesn't. Um, and that got me thinking to this question in particular, which is like, why, why opt in? Why not a curated platform where you pick and let influencers we base? We do. So, so that so uh -huh. the opt-in, we don't want. So, one at the heart of our community is that we are inclusive, and that's mm -hmm. something that you're going like to that. feel 
when you come to the to the conference. So obviously we have the brands that are okay. I want to sponsor a dinner for influencers, but I only want the top ones. And we will right away tell them we don't work like that um, because we can present you right now introduce you to an influencer that might only have 5,000 followers on, on Instagram, but next year she'll have 100,000 and you will want to work with her and she'll be out of your range. So you want to start building a relationship now, right? Um, so what we do is that we, let, we allow everybody in to, to be part of the community and receive the emails and go into the Facebook group and, and you know, watch the Facebook lives and et cetera and attend conferences because we want to nurture them from the beginning. And that is where the loyalty Beautiful. And that's why we have such amazing relationships. And that's why I was, you know, kind of mocking these, these um, not mocking, but the, the technology of these algorithms that will match you with the perfect influencer. Don't take into account relationship and really knowing them, knowing what they like to do, what they don't like to do, what other type of exclusivities they might have, you know, um, are they the best art, you know, do they have the best attitude or don't they, you know, because mm -hmm. that can really make or do a campaign. And, and we know that. We know that. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's what, so everything is curated at the point that we work in the campaign. So we allow everybody yeah, into yeah. it. We're not curating the, the main list because that's the community. But then when we work, when we are selecting influencers for campaigns, we're very specific about who is selected for what. Really interesting and, and smart, almost like talent management, which again, I guess, takes us back to television and your origins in, in media. You're, you're managing mm -hmm. online talent. Right. Mm -hmm. exactly, um, exactly. Okay. So let, let's let's go here. So how about for those listening, key tenants to engaging in a social media campaign or an influencer campaign? Um, like, what are the top three things that they need to know? And maybe like, what are the top three mistakes that brands make? So the first one will definitely be not um, not seeing the not approaching each influencer on a relationship base. Um, and really understanding that they know their content and their audience best. So it really is relationship and that means we, we need to hear from each other. So a big mistake is expecting that I have this beautiful ad campaign, this trailer for a new movie, and all I need is this influencer with 100,000 followers on Instagram to post it on her Instagram. When you have seen that her Instagram is all beautiful photos curated and done with their boyfriend who's her photographer, right? Um, and that happens a lot. <laughs> so that is, that is like the number one mistake. So not knowing, not, not taking the time to really understand the type of content that each influencer is creating. Um, I love it. And what about, yeah. okay, so, and we're getting on, we're getting closer on time here, but so I want to make sure if you guys are interested in hearing more about this, this is all at weallgrow.com. Is that right, Anna? Weallgrowlatina.com. Latina.com. And mm -hmm. also at We All Grow on the socials, or where do they find you and the company on social media? The company on social media is at We All Grow Latina across the board. And mine is La Flowers, L-A Flowers my last name in English, LA Flowers, um, on Twitter, on Instagram, and my Facebook is now private. It used to be public, but <laughs> now it's private <laughs> because we're living in new, new times. Um, I yeah, can so only imagine. the best way to find me. Okay, and then let, let's close out with this. So that people understand the power of the Latina community. You and I talk about this a lot, and we're ingrained in it. 
but I don't think a lot of business owners still realize that this market is such an important one. What are the key facts you would leave with listeners about why to engage with Latina? Oh, I mean, definitely. We, we not only, the facts are straight, right? We are the largest uh, growing ethnic minority, definitely. So with that comes a huge purchasing power. Um, I am really bad with numbers, and I had this number all set in my head because I've repeated it so many times. And of course, right now I'm blanking, but I believe it's $1.3 trillion in purchasing Sounds power right. uh -huh, that Latinas have. And Latinas control um, the purses in the household. So they are the ones that make the decisions, right? And we are also a very loyal community with our brand, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and not only by tradition, but also by what our fellow Latinas, whether it be within our family and our community, and we are very community oriented, going back to that, um, we, we do trust a lot who the, the people that we trust, we trust their recommendations. So in that sense, as, as a you know, group to target, um, we, we are definitely ideal <laughs> right now, no? And you know, we're also growing humongously as um, entrepreneurs. And if you think about it, I mean, you travel to Latin America a lot. Who do you see behind every tiendita and every corner, oh, right, yeah, the street? Yep. It's, it's women. Who do you see selling you know, the, the tacos or the pupusas out in the street? It's women with the kids next to them. Um, so it's this entrepreneur spirit that is just um, key to us. And, and, and you know, it, it is a machista society, but it's a matriarchal society as well. Um, so we are used to, to, to getting things done. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so yeah, watch out for us. Yeah, <laughs> we are taking over. <laughs> I like it. Watch out. No, I mean, I, I think um, there's huge value in everything that you're talking about here. And we have to be honest with the fact that, you know, predominance of CEOs and business leaders uh, across the U.S. are, are not from the Latino community. No. And so I think it's, so interesting for them to be able to get insight into, of course, just because it's the right thing to do for diverse humans to all have opportunities, but also to be able to tap into this market for their brand, for their employee base, um, and for, for inclusion purposes. So, you know, if, yeah. if you're listening to this and you want to hear more about Latinos, Latinas, about the trends in this community, as well as in influencer marketing, um, we'll link Anna, all of your social and we all grow. Um, and then certainly you can also look up information about the conference and the brands that sponsor them. So with that, Anna, is there anything you want to leave everybody with today? Well, no, I guess um, just to you, a thank you. Um, and for everybody else, just in, in general, with social, with influencer, with our lives, right? It's what I said earlier, it really focused on giving and on listening. Um, there is a lot of noise right now. It's really easy to get lost in, in social media and digital. Um, and everything is moving towards social media and digital and a few platforms. So. We just have to be very careful and, 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 and listen really closely to um, listen really closely to what uh, the communities that surround you are little echo chambers and et cetera are trying to say and figure out how we can be the givers in each space. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Jenna. I really appreciate it.